Hey, it pays to be fat, right? That yeah, no, period. honestly. You know what? I will say it's about damn time I get my benefits for being fat after going to every doctor's appointment and being told, like, oh, have you considered ever walking? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I do it. I, how do you think I got here, bitch? Don't what get do me think? started. Don't get me started. I mean, I so, guess you can get me started because we're on a podcast. But yeah, I, that, yeah, we will get you started. But. <laughs> yes. This is just a little pre-wind up, you know? One, two, three, I have to make a confession before oh, no. we start. I watched this episode three times. How? Because I'm the one who like moves us along and like make sure that we catch every scene and holy shit there was so much in this episode okay i was gonna say is every episode like this because i was like there's so much fucking going on i okay. mean in so some the, ways yes the structure of this show is that every five episodes they put everything that they haven't advanced <laughs> and then the four episodes in between are just nonsense that could have been an email um, I have so much to talk about. I so. literally, it was like seven pages of notes and then I changed the font size because that depressed me. So now it's four pages. I have four pages of notes, but it was mostly like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? What are they doing? But yeah, but yeah. I just literally was sitting there typing like all my reactions in like real time. So. Good. That's what we, that's literally, that's the assignment. You've understood the assignment and yeah! we appreciate it. <laughs> um, let's do our front of the pod discussion about everything we also have to introduce gabby oh we should do that before we talk nonsense for (laughs) you know the 30 minutes that it usually ends up being but so gabby went to college with me and jesse we are all ras the Mm -hmm. same year and we all suffered through ra training together do you remember that that's my first memory camping. of you comes from camping. It is camping. I just want to say I owe Jesse my actual life. Like, I have been legitimately suicidal before in my life, but I've never been closer to killing myself than on that camping trip. And I owe Jesse my life because he's saying share to me. Oh, I forgot that that was part of it. <laughs> that prevented me from killing myself and wow. others. Don't want to start the podcast off dark, but that is my truth. And that's and just, you know, it. that's a beautiful way to just, so you never know what people are going Going through so you need to be a light for everyone you were that light <laughs> i don't know what aaron was doing but aaron said that they were making out with their girlfriend at the time in the tent so that is why we <laughs> are you kidding your tent had like 17 people in it <laughs> you were on the like... giant staff <laughs> the thing about is obviously it's a horrible place to be gay but at the same time you it just flies right under the radar because no one there wants to act like gay people exist yeah, That's so you can thing. just fully be gay. There are people that would literally say things like, oh, but like no gay people go here, so it's fine. And it's like... Hmm, that's interesting that you would say that to me. Um, <laughs> You're like, yes, there are no gay people here. Yes, there are all. no gay people. I'm just actively trying to plan a burlesque watch party. <laughs> my mom loves that movie. My mom has such fucking weird music taste, especially for someone who sheltered us so much. She loves Pitch Perfect. Oh. She loves burlesque. She loves Kill Bill. I've never seen that movie. I've never seen that. I've also never seen Kill Bill, but I'm like, mom, what the fuck? Like, it seems scary. But she like literally did not let me watch 
like Pirates of the Caribbean until I was like 13 years old. Oh my That's goodness. Deep. Well, I mean, yeah, it's fair. PG-13. Yeah, I mean, but also like, What do you think the rating systems are for, Aaron? Kieran my parents wanted movie. me to watch it. Oh my god, that's the bisexual movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you but, best start yeah. believing in ghost stories. <laughs> they really had Kieran Knightley's tits up like this and I was like <laughs> I'm perceiving. <laughs> Oh my god, wait, we haven't even finished introducing this Gabby. Though. Oh. No, this is going to be a great episode, I can tell, I'm very excited. Gabby is a bi icon. Mm. Um, yes, true. icon, if you will. We met because we were RAs the same year, but then we really got to know each other because Mike Pence was oh coming my god, yeah. to oh. our school. Talk about bi icons. <laughs> no, I remember I came to the first meeting about like the Mike Pence thing and someone said something about me being straight maybe and I turned around and was like are you straight? <laughs> she was like you're straight and I was like yeah no I wasn't that was a lie. I need to sing your praises. I was writing in my I just finished grad school uh my first year okay. <laughs> you keep on Don't saying it like that. People are going to be like wow, they graduated. How could exciting. Still an accomplishment because at this point this brain is oatmeal and I could not mm-hmm. do another year of school. No. So. Oh, yeah. Very I, like I, I took I took 2 years off and I was like holy shit, what did I get myself back into? I finished my first year and I like last night I was like oh, I should really like write in my journal about this experience and so I was writing in it and I was like I wrote about both of you I was like oh so special to like start a podcast with Jesse um and then I was like also last semester when my hot water heater was broken and I couldn't take a hot shower and it literally sent me into a downward downward spiral I found a video on my phone the other day of the night I tried to take a shower when the when the hot water heater was broken in my building and it is like a minute and 42 seconds long of me sobbing. And I was like, why did I take a video of this? I guess I wanted to like humble myself and remember my roots. Oh, but yes. that week I was so overwhelmed because it was like finals and papers. And I was like, I have so many dishes to do. My apartment's disgusting. I haven't done laundry in so long. And Gabby came over and did my laundry oh. and helped with my dishes. And that's like so special to me. Yeah. And I love Gabby and Gabby's amazing. <gasps> Thank you. A I community care queen. That's what homies are for. Everybody eats. You know, that's my slogan. And that means we take care of each other. Everybody <laughs> eats. <laughs> no, I felt so sad for you. And also I understand because my toilet didn't work today and I... The day was over. But I did yes. fix it myself. Butch Queen. I fixed it myself. So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the little chain thing was stuck. That's how I fixed it oh. after like six hours of being mad about it. I'm yeah. proud of you. Where is there a chain on the toilet? In the back. You take the yeah. top off. Oh, like in like... the in the little. Yeah. The fishbowl. No, actually, Gabby's um, toilet is a punk. And has a chain connected to its wallet. My punk toilet. My punk anarchist toilet. Oh my goodness. God, I wish. No, I was thinking of like, no. <laughs> Gabby, is there anything I missed? Do you want to tell us about uh, any identities you're bringing? I already told everyone you're bi, but. Um, yeah, bi. I'm, I'm a cisgendered woman. Um, I'm what you would call a full-figured woman, if I may. Um, by that I mean fat, and I always have been. And so, you know, that is the experience that I'm bringing. Like, um, Jesse and Aaron, I was raised 
Christian, pretty conservative, coupled with the fact that I grew up in a very lower income neighborhood, which is like a little different. But yeah, you know, I got that purity culture experience, baby. So hell yeah, I love that. I I was thinking of Gabby more this week. Yesterday, I did an event with the Pittsburgh Steelers for my internship, and (laughs) it's over by where Gabby works. So I was like, oh. Gabby um but the funny thing happened during this event I met multiple football players (gasps) did you oh my goodness that's so oh wait I don't have to pretend to be straight here I don't care (laughs) I (laughs) I they came up at to our table and I was like oh my god hello um I do not know who you are me and one guy came up and he was like hey I love what your organization does like I just wanted to come over and introduce myself. And I was like, hello, nice to meet you. But he didn't say his name. Oh. So, I was so you like, were just expected to know? I was like, I legitimately do not know who you are. Me neither. I would never know. So um, that's fine. That's iconic. It but... was obviously someone who thought they were a very big name. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I literally don't know who you are. He was probably like, I'm going to make this person's day right now. <laughs> I know. Wait, time out. Before we move on from this, the person who introduced, like, if you can say introduced themselves, could, like, obviously didn't because didn't provide a name, whatever. Um, did you take that opportunity to invite them on the pod? No, I did not. Oh, my I, go- I'm not telling you. The my- hustle. It was Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, he's not invited Just on the kidding. pod. <laughs> I don't know he doesn't even play for the Steelers. Anyway. He's the quarterback for the, um, the Green Bay Packers who is engaged to Shailene Woodley of Secret Life of the American Teenager fame. But Jesse has extreme beef with Aaron Rodgers, like extreme, extreme. He's poison. You said on like the last episode you wanted to air your grief with Aaron. Well, I'm, I want to air my grief with the state of Wisconsin in general for their <laughs> enabling of Aaron Rodgers. What does and, he like, do? Well, he's uh, he's been a diva for his whole life, which like I respect in a certain arena, a and that arena place. is not sports mm-hmm. um you can't be a diva in sports unless you're like good enough to back it up which frankly aaron Rodgers not good enough to back it up um but he is engaged to shailene woodley currently currently oh and on twitter she was trending the other day and i'm like oh this is great i can maybe pedal our podcast to some <laughs> unwilling strangers was it for a bad reason it was because this is why i hate this man because so many people are like willing to like excuse his bad behavior as the results of literally anyone else that Shailene Woodley was trending because Aaron Rodgers was being a little bitch and was like, oh, I'm not really happy with how the Packers are treating me right now. And people are like, it's Shailene's influence. It's got to be Shailene's influence that's making him be like this. this. And it's like, what? It's so just funny. like they love to blame women for men's they bad behavior. Love, and do. they've been doing it with everyone that Aaron Rodgers has dated. He dated Olivia Munn back in the day, uh-huh. and he started doing poorly. And they're like, it's because she's fucking him too much, and he's tired. <laughs> that was literally Dude, one of the they reasons. They did the same thing to Jessica Simpson when she dated insert name here. Don't know who that is, but did, they did the same thing. And oh, Tony Romo. Oh, maybe. Did you read? <laughs> <laughs> did you read Open Book by Jessica Simpson? No, but I listened to a podcast about it. I want to read it. You need to. I have it. I will send it to you. It's the best book I've ever read. I want to read it. It sounded amazing. I never it's knew that like much about Jessica Simpson. but if Anna Karenina was good. <gasps> Stop. I love that book. But... Oh, I've never read it. I just. 
I love Anna Karenina as well. Oh, sh- wrong place to make that joke. Yeah, wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I was in Barnes and Noble yesterday, as I do, spending money that I don't have. Yeah, and I just was so inspired by the placement of some of the displays. And one that I actually took a picture of because it moved me so much. I will re- release it on the pod Twitter when this airs, if this part doesn't get cut. The stand said, history comes alive. And the book immediately underneath it, was Open Book by Jessica Simpson. And I was like, thank you so much. Thank this you. is history, and we need to recognize. It actually was. I do remember when they called her fat, and she was literally like a size four, and 12-year-old no. me was like, well, uh, this is going to do some damage. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jessica Simpson, I famously hated for a long time, and I don't know why. It was, I think, looking back, it was a mixture of two things. Once, one time in a single sermon... The pastor at my church said, like, and look at those girls like Jessica Simpson. She wanted to be a Christian singer who was just going to wait. And now look at her. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know who she was even at that point. But, like, I internalized that. And I'm like, Jessica Simpson, don't like. And the second thing is, I think just because her last name was Simpson and the Simpsons were something I wasn't supposed to be watching. Me neither, which is so sad. It's so sad. The Simpsons is so tame. I know. Oh, no, I know that we now having watched one episode ever. Um, but um, I will say, though, the my obsession with being anti-Jessica Simpson w- ran so deep that on my Disney Mania Volume 3 CD that I would listen to before bed, she sang A Whole New World with whatever Lachey she was married to. <laughs> and I used to it. wake, I used to stay awake because it was like my go-to-sleep CD. Listen to the first track, which was Under the Sea by raven Simone. I'm screaming. Um... <laughs> Immediately reached down and hit the skip button so I wouldn't have to listen to Jessica Simpson because I didn't think she was, oh like, a God. good Christian That's or something. So Does she have a sister? Ashley yeah, Simpson. Ashley so. Pieces of me? Are you kidding me? On a Monday, I am waiting. On a, Not a true Tuesday, I am stand. fading or something. Um, um, wait, should we introduce the pod since we're... But yeah, this is Secret Life of Two Gay American Teenagers. Today, it's kind of three. I'm Erin. And I'm Jesse. Gabby. And um, we are going to be recapping episode 20, Maybe Baby. Let's get into this gig because I got to talk about it. Uh, I'm exhausted already. This episode has everything. And I mean, quite literally everything. I, By my count, there were 16 different scenes and there's probably more. That's a lot. And each one is kind of a different storyline. Yes. I have 22 scenes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd say each storyline gets maybe two scenes at most, so. So, listeners, please be patient with us. I'm going to try to keep us as chronologically as I can, and, like, we're going to try to distinguish these fucking storylines. We start Mm -hmm. in the Jurgens household. Mm -hmm. What I have labeled as heterosexual nonsense. (laughs) I will say the mom is fucking hot. Oh, I didn't catch that when I was younger, but. Oh, Molly Ringwald? Oh, we is that love. who that is? Yes, it's Molly yeah. Ringwald. 16 oh, that Candles. that explains a lot. Yes, Queen. Breakfast well, she's Club. she's a MILF now, baby. And I said, mm. <laughs> Well, she's a MILF now, baby. <laughs> so Anne and George are in the kitchen. Anne comes in singing that dumbass weenie song. Oh, yeah, George. George was singing, and I wrote is down... A, is that a real song? What is he doing? Can I download <laughs> that on Spotify? 
I'm sure the weenie song, it's, it seemed too clever for them to, for anyone on the show, any of the writers to make it up. I never heard it before, but. It was basically just like, oh, I know a weenie. weenie he said weenie general. a bunch. I immediately hated this guy. In your notes, you do call him an absolute dick and you were correct. He's terrible. Yes, he's horrible. This um, is the worst he's ever been. Oh, really? Potentially. He was really, <laughs> actually, no, he was really bad the last couple episodes. He's a bad person. He is. Jails were invented for people like him, and yet, look, he's not <laughs> in it. <laughs> so, Anne is interviewing at the architecture firm today, and George is and like... she has lost her um, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney suit. She's in, like, a normal <laughs> thing now. <laughs> so, he, she's interviewing with David Johnson, who is the person who flirted with her at the hot dog stand last episode. Wait, can That's I, a weird... Can I ask you both... Mm-hmm. Yeah, David Johnson, the person who plays him. I think I briefly said it last episode, but like, does he not seem like someone like took the worst parts of Tom Hanks and the worst parts of <laughs> a young Justin Timberlake and just like threw them together? In my notes, I do have this man is so ugly, and I'm sorry to this man, <laughs> yeah. but he is not. I don't know what was going on. Raleigh Wingrold, you can do better. Um, and his acting was insane. I don't know. <laughs> saying every word like what what are you saying and i was like (laughs) anyway so she's interviewing with david johnson and george is like oh of johnson and johnson architects oh he's gay annie Mm -hmm. steph in one ear from a figure skating accident and then he talks about like sow cows or something george is like i would only know about a sow cow if a gay guy told me (laughs) yeah exactly i love this 2008 homophobia (laughs) yeah so Anne disagrees with george she's like there's no way he's gay because he flirted with me and also after this i'm meeting with reverend stone about couples to adopt the baby um but george is like really leaning into this gay death thing and then Anne leaves and george laughs like a two-year-old it's so freaking weird it's so the weird. acting everyone is the acting is absolutely insane everyone's on <laughs> 11 right now yeah and they should yeah. be on like three for this yeah. scene well that's they literally write george as if he's a 12 year old boy like he's I, it's, george he's like a, is 100 id he is pure id he has you're no right. restraint you're right yeah he's the he is the comedic relief in this show but they don't know how to write like good comedy he no. is Spanky from The Little Rascals. <laughs> I think they wanted him to be like the dumb dad trope, but they kind of made him evil dumb dad, and it doesn't yeah, work yeah. if you like put those together. No, he just he comes across as just like a heartless dick frequently. Yeah. Also, yeah. like I hated this storyline where he's like sabotaging her attempts to become financially hated independent it. from him. Yes, like that's such a common like abuse like, this tactic. Is so, yeah, I was like, this is so toxic. This is like actual abuse. Yeah, yeah. like he's trying I mean, to make sure, and he like later. I know we we're not supposed to skip ahead, but I'm going to. He later <laughs> talks to Ashley, and he's like, if she gets this job, she's gonna leave me. We got to make sure she doesn't yeah. get this job. Yeah. So like, he's literally doing classic, like, yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. So. <clears throat> he calls Donovan to kind of play into this manipulation. And he's like, if Anne calls you to like, don't pick up your phone. Um, so then we go to Leo and Ben. We mm-hmm. go to the Boykovich household mm-hmm. where Leo. The sausage this palace, is my, if you will. Yeah. Leo is still last episode. He was like, Ben, you have to get a job. And today he 
follows up on that. We love a consistent parent, which well, Leo historically is not. I was going to say, like, <laughs> he was one way for the whole first, like, 15 episodes, and now he's just completely 180 and he's like, you shouldn't be getting married at 15. You shouldn't be, you should be having a job. You so should be supporting yourself. So is that the problem? Yourself. He wants him to get a job because he's like, you're not using my money to take care of this baby. Yeah. Well, he finally realized that his son is, like, a spoiled, entitled brat. Which he is. Which he is. And he's, luck. at least he's, like, doing something about it. So he's like, okay, you've relied on me and my money for too long. You need to, like, get a job and learn responsibility. Period. You stupid idiot. Now, neither of you guys have watched The Sopranos. Is that correct? Um, <laughs> No, I'm not too interested in choir. Well, I just want to say that they just gave Bobby, like, he's basically being Bobby, like, in The Sopranos. Like, the in The Sopranos, like, their, like, hideout place is, like, a butcher shop. Like, that's where they, like, do all their, like, money Wait, laundering and is stuff. is that why he's the Sausage King? I think so. I think so. Is it, it's uh, probably that's, like, a re- his most famous role. Like, Which is so funny, though, show. because, like, they throw in these references to things that the target audience for this show probably has not never seen. Know. Yeah. <laughs> so... He, the the guy who plays Leo was also in The Sopranos, which is a show about the mob, and he was in the mob. I will say he wasn't very good at being in the mob. He was kind of like the soft, sweetheart guy. Um, of course. But he was in the mob. They always peg him as like a, a guy in like a traditionally tough position that's like kind of a sweetheart. Yeah. I think you know, like be being in the and mob like a or being a cop or people. being a father. Yeah. But he did kill someone. I love like <sighs> that person. Good for so, him. I'm glad he's growing. He did grow. Anyway, Bobby is my favorite, so I was excited to see him. And he's basically just doing nothing changed. He's Wait. being Bobby. <laughs> I love this. Anyway, sorry for a Sopranos talk, but... That's no, that's No, I, I feel vindicated because I, for a long time, have been mentioning how he is in the mob. Well, I've straight yeah. up agreed with you. I don't know why you're acting like I've denied this. Like, I said, yeah, I can Jesse, see it. And then I said, but I also know he's a cop. Roll the tapes. Do we think that The Secret Life was influenced by The Sopranos or that The Sopranos was influenced by The Secret Life of the American Teenager? I think it's the same cinematic universe. We need to make a map of the Secret Life cinematic universe. Yes, because I will do that. It currently includes The Sopranos, Big Little Lies, Lies, Young Young Sheldon, Sheldon. (laughs) um, The Big Bang Theory, The Flight Attendant. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, So, okay. So this conversation... Leo is holding Ben accountable and he's like, I got you a job. This is this is my note on it. Leo is like, hello, you are now pronounced the sausage prince mm-hmm. for real this time, though. Like, you got to actually work. Mm-hmm. Ben is a bitch. Yeah. Uh, Leo wrote, tells him. He's a huge nerd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ben is like, I have a trust fund. And Leo's like, you can't use that until you're 21. And you know what, you dumb bitch? Now it's 30. And I said um, period. Yeah, because you're lazy. Leo's also going to give Ricky a job. Um, also he gives Ben the bus schedule. So I guess like Ben doesn't have access to like his driver anymore. Good. I thought he was giving him like the working class special. He's like, you got to take the bus. And then he tells Ben all this, Ben like sulks away and he's like, don't mess with the king. And then he calls George because they're boyfriends and he's like one down, one to go. Um, because they're plotting to keep the baby together because, again, they are boyfriends and then they kiss and then that's how. Yeah, there's a the surprisingly I... graphic sex scene for ABC Family <laughs> that takes place through the phone. I'm so confused. Like, why does everyone want the baby to be kept? Um, because the most evil thing that a 15-year-old pregnant girl can do would be giving a baby up for adoption. Uh... 
because the if of the show? She, yeah. Because if she doesn't keep the baby, what is the consequence for her having sex a single time? Yeah. Uh, also, because the creator of the show is like so abstinence focused. Uh, yeah. Most of my notes are like, why is everyone being so weird about this? So I didn't really get that. I mean, but... those are most of my notes too. But well, they are like um, very aggressive and gross about it for yeah. this entire for twenty episodes now. People have been very aggressive and gross about what she should be doing. Which we'll get into. Yes. Um, We have the theme break. I did make a note because I caught this time on a previous episode, Jesse and I. Yes, there's a bird, okay? (laughs) Talked about if there was a bird or not. And I wrote, there's a hummingbird. It's a hummingbird, which is the insect of birds. So, like, don't even pat yourself too hard on the back. I, th- it just shows up for a brief second. It sticks its big old beak right into a piston and pollinates, <laughs> I'm sure. I couldn't remember the word for hummingbird. And so the Google searches I had to do to find out <laughs> what oh a hummingbird What did you put? Like called... small bird, big beak? <laughs> Bug bird. I was like, bird with straw. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, I was not prepared for that. <laughs> beak is like a straw because it like yeah whatever you know that's a good guess okay so we're back at the jurgens household it's before school and george is cooking like eggo waffles for ashley and amy their chocolate chip sound delicious um and george is in like a good mood Wait, and ashley just straight bagels? up chocolate chip waffles those were waffles <laughs> yeah that's what he said did they look like waffles to- yes they did I thought I they were remember, pancakes. But I just remember he said waffle and I said that sounds good right now. Mm. Chocolate chip bagels are also good, but I hate waffles. That's a whack opinion. Have you ever tried to <laughs> spread butter on a waffle? You're supposed yeah. to let it melt in the crevices, Jesse. But then it's not gonna get evenly dispersed. And I don't use syrup, so Okay. We got a waffle got a pancake supremacist over here oh for sure 100 <laughs> percent. and you know what i wouldn't Mr. be Wisconsin. if waffles were good ashley comes in and george is in a good mood and so naturally she asks if they fucked in the garage again and she he's sure like no did. and he is 13 <laughs> yes i don't understand why do they so she doesn't want them to get divorced she loves her dad against all odds she does she suffers from a lot of internalized misogyny. Well, okay. the thing I will say is I'm realizing more and more is that the reason she loves her dad so much is because she's the same character. Yeah. And that's going to hurt you, Erin. You're not going to like that, but they are the same. No, I have shit to say about Ashley later. Okay, right? good. George says, no, they did not fuck because your mom has a new boyfriend. He's an architect, blah, blah, blah. And someone says that he's the architect of their demise. Yes. I think that's... Again, I want to like, say it was George who says it, but that sounds it too it clever. Was George. So it was George. Yeah, because oh. that's well, where he's saying to Ashley, like, well, your mother's going to become financially able to leave me, and that means we're going to get divorced. Yep. I mean, wild. good for her. So then Shailene comes in. I don't know why I wrote Shailene instead of Amy. Um, having a hard time distinguishing between characters. Amy comes in. And she's just like a fat phobic bitch. And she's like, Ugh. hey, Ashley, yogurt is a lot more healthy than chocolate chip waffles. That is very debatable because it looked like she picked like a Yo Play yogurt. Yeah. Yeah, it was a Trix. Which... It was fully a Trix yogurt. <laughs> like... That was so, I was just like, what does this have to do? What is this dialogue about? Like, yeah. What does this have to do with anything? 
I do like Ashley. Ashley's basically like, shut the fuck up. Unless and until I am growing in your belly, you do not get to decide what I eat. Good for Ashley. She Mm. was right. Then George is like, how, how's the baby today? Um, The baby is apparently jumping around a lot. Um, Oh, it's going to be a baller. (laughs) And then Amy like, is like, we're going to be fucking late. She's in a bad mood. And, um, so she like go- goes out to the car and George turns to Ashley and plans to like further emotionally manipulate his oh, daughter yeah. into keeping like the baby. Is that what it was about? Because he was like, you have to keep talking about the baby. And I was like, why? Okay, someone's also shooting off fireworks or something. <laughs> or someone's getting actively shot in my backyard. So just tune that out. I like that. Um, it's Leo Boykovich. Leo Boykovich has shown up at my house. The cover is blown. But yeah, he tells Ashley not to stop talking about the baby until they get out of the car. And Ashley's like, like, you have to tell me that. God, he's literally training her to be an abuser, manipulative and <laughs> abusive. Wild. Yeah, I was like, this is fucking crazy, but whatever. So then we go to the school and Ben and Ricky are in the band room. And Ben, it basically has to like eat his words from last episode take his foot out of his mouth and being like, hey, bro, remember how I called you a poor little pig boy and (laughs) said that you had no money and were a loser? Well, turns out I am also poor. Yes. He roasted his shit like that. Yeah, he's like, well, my dad has a job for you, but you shouldn't take it. Like, don't take this fucking job. Like, you don't want this job. You are not taking this job. He's like, I heard that shit. Now I'm going to take you out back put you in the trunk. I was like, period. He's like, he's not really a king. And Leo comes in. He's like, what the fuck you say about me? <laughs> Literally. You question uh, my monarchy. Um, Ricky very gratefully accepts the job and like even offers to drive Ben over to work at 3.30, which is very kind. Yes. And then he turns to Ben and he's like, hey, you have no charisma and no one likes you. By the time I'm through with this, everyone's going to love me, even your father. He has a point. It is like Ben really sucks. <laughs> it was so true. Like in that one scene, he manipulated me to the point where I hated Ben even more, and I liked him for for, for yeah. the first time potentially. Immediately after Ricky goes up to Amy in the hallway, and he's like, "I got a job, so now we can keep the baby." And Amy's like, "No." Um, and Ricky walks away, and then Ben comes up to Amy and is like, "Ricky and I are working together. I realized the king is the king, and I am poor. I have a note on this that says, get fucked, Ben.' Oh, I um, wish. My <laughs> note is like they're really just talking about all their business in the school hallway, which is rule number Th- one. Like, don't do that shit. That's well, literally why everyone found out that Amy was pregnant. Yeah. Because that's why everyone they only talked about. Okay, it in the everyone hallway. found out that Amy was pregnant. Everyone found out that Grace was on birth control. Everyone found out that." Adrian's trying to fuck her brother. Everyone found <laughs> God, I'm so glad you didn't get any of that storyline. I saw it in the notes and I was like, I'm not putting that in my head. I'm leaving that behind. I have to keep my mind chaste and pure for the Lord and this will exactly. not help. <laughs> but yeah, they have all these conversations in the hallway. Um, also, at one point, Amy is like, oh, you're going to be Ricky's boss. And Ben says no. And Amy looks like she, like her pussy just dried. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, broke boy. Get the fuck out of here. I was like, damn. Well, that's the thing. I truly do believe the only reason she's staying with Ben is because he was rich and was going to, like, take yeah. care of the baby. So now that he can't offer that, I'm hoping they break up soon. I hope so, too. Okay, Ben lost his privileges, but Amy gained the possibility of financial stability from two people now and also free meat, which sounded very sexual. (laughs) 
So Amy says she might lose her job because Anne might get a new job. And so then there's no more translator position for her. And I said, and God forbid Amy does any other position at the hot dog hut. Like yeah, God forbid, God forbid she, he, like, like, she takes the job that her mother was doing. Like she works the register. God forbid she actually does literally anything. <laughs> um, and then she's like, I got to go, but I'll see you after school. Oh, wait. No, I won't because you're poor and you have to Broke go to boy. work. <laughs> Yeah, she really wrestled the shit out of him. I was like, okay. She's like, good luck with the job, and then walks away. Alice and Henry have not been in, like... No, they finally brought the back the secondary episodes. cast. They came after, in, and I was like, hello? They just came in so randomly. I was like, who? My yeah, that who they always people. do. They're, like, walking past, and they're like, bitch, why didn't we get offered jobs? Yeah, and I was like, why do they want a job? Yeah, which that scene actually did really get something that was important to me, which is, like, I don't always actually want the thing. I just want to be asked. That's yes true. they're upset that you know ben didn't offer to get the two of them jobs and ben's like you guys want to work at the butcher shop and alice just goes no but henry That's goes fair. maybe yeah he's like kind of ben is like my dad only is making me get a job because he wants me and ricky to become friends and also teach me what it's like to support a child and his dad is fucking behind him yeah again. he's like don't you ever look where you're Who's around when you're talking, you piece of shit. Leo comes up and is like, surprise, bitch. Bet you thought you see the last of me. He's <laughs> like, also, I'm in the mob. You really think you can talk this shit? I got if, eyes and ears everywhere. Yeah. Everyone likes their parents in this show, which Odd. is sweet. I think but it's like, yeah, insane weird. because all of the parents suck. Uh, at this age, you're like embarrassed by literally your parents existing. So. Well, you're embarrassed <laughs> by your wasn't. own existence, potentially. I'm making up for it now. Anyway, so Ben forgot his lunch, so his dad comes in and brings it to him and is like, Henry and Alice just like start talking to Leo like they're also his children. And they're like, yeah, our relationship with Ben right now is kind of sketchy, but we're still his best friends. And why didn't you offer us jobs? And Leo like offers to look for a job in the factory for them. And (laughs) does he know about child labor? Like, does he know how that works? No, he obviously doesn't because like, again, I think Ricky is like 15 and he's 16. Okay. But he'd still probably need a work permit, which I know you don't know about, but I was like, is this a video essay on the jungle by Upton? I was just going to say, this is the first adaptation of Upton Sinclair's The Jungle in years. (laughs) Leo starts talking about like work again. And Ben is like, Dad, actually, it's pointless for me to work because Amy's going to put the baby up for adoption. That is the breaking point for every teen in this show. They're like, oh, if I have to put in any effort towards this baby's well-being, I do not want it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Leo tells Ben to grow up and be responsible and stop leaving his lunch in the car. And then he turns to Alice and Henry and is like, you are perfect. I love you. I miss you. Come over anytime. Yeah. (laughs) There's no response That's what happens. I don't know. I don't... The next you know what terrified great. me? What? This interview between David this really, and Anne. This activated my fight or flight reflex this, several times. Everything between David and Anne in this episode is so deeply uncomfortable. It's insane. My skin was crawling. Anne comes in and she just like is like, hello. And then she keeps repeating herself over and over again. She sees that there are hockey skates on the wall. And she's like, oh, I heard about your skating. She thinks they're figure skates. Yeah, yes. she doesn't know the <laughs> difference, but she obviously yeah, never like, watched Go on, Figure girl. on the yes! Disney Channel. She did not bring a resume, which I said bad, but she did yeah. bring a whole research project, which was good. That actually, 
I was a fan of that move because she was like, my resume will not show you that I'm good for this company. What will is this work that I was willing to do on my own time. And I'm like, no, free. that's amazing, actually. That's yeah. a very good strategic move to impress yes. the company when you know that you don't have the credentials they're looking for. Yes, that was so great. And then all of a sudden, just out of the blue, she's like, you know, my 15 year old daughter is pregnant. I know. And he's like, no. <laughs> Why would you bring that up? Why in an interview? Well, she was getting and, to the fact that a right. gay couple. She's yeah. like, I know gay people. And she said, the gays are here and they're queer. And I was uh, like, honestly, hot. Love thank that. you, Molly. Yeah. Uh, I was like, thank you. This is 2008. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> she's like, no, no, no. They backed out. We don't care if someone is gay. And then she repeats herself louder. She's like, we don't care if someone is gay. But he's like, he's straight up. He's like, can we stop? Like, whatever the fuck he's you're trying like, to do. Get the fuck out of my office. And never return. She, yeah, she shouts at him some more as she leaves. Then we're at the furniture store. George's phone rings. Donovan answers the phone. It's Amy. And she just like lets loose on Donovan. She's and I like, didn't get it at first. And then I realized, oh, they were the couple that backed out. Yes. I, was like, why? I was like, is she homophobic? Like, why is she being so mean? <laughs> She's so angry just because he's gay. Yeah. And I was like, damn. She actually called him the F-slur? It was really weird. <laughs> I was waiting for that to come out. I was like, girl, you need to tone it down. Yeah, she's just so mad at him. And then Donovan is like very sweet. And he's like, your dad isn't a meanie. Like, I will come pick you up. And she's like, no. Plenty of people can give me a ride. Which I will say that is okay because if a gay person offers you a ride, don't take <laughs> it for your own safety, please. Yeah, that's true. They will stop that. for iced coffee and then they will crash the car. <laughs> they will drive at 90 miles an hour. Yeah. You're right. Texting with one hand, eating a burrito with the other. So Madison and Lauren and Jason oh. are at the Dairy Shack because they're doing another fucking fundraiser. I laughed and they so had hard to tell us. when they had to say that there was a fundraiser so that they could put all the characters in one location again. Madison wants to share a chair with Jason. He's just like, "What the? can fuck? you please respect my boundaries? And she's like, I'm just trying to sneak across the border. And he's like, stay the fuck away from me. That was unhinged. Amy calls Lauren for a ride. There's like no one at school. Also, could she not have taken the bus or like walked home or done like anything? Like Ashley is so self-sufficient. Like she found out George wasn't there and just like took the bus and got home. Amy is like, I am, I'm a victim. I have no idea what's happening. I'm being bullied actively. Her problem-solving skills need to be worked on. And as a but... mother, especially, like, she's going to be thrown into a lot of problems that she doesn't know how to solve very quickly. Okay. Lauren's like, oh, we'll pick you up, but, like, you never hang out with us anymore. We really, 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 really want to spend time with you. And Amy's yeah. like, what the fuck? Why would I ever want to spend time with you? I know. Yeah, she's like, can I just go home? Do not miss anything. Lauren offers to bring her a milkshake. She'll, she's like, we'll pick you up. We'll hang out. And Amy is like, I'm trying to watch my weight. And then Lauren just like tells the whole table, which is kind of shitty. It's like if someone's feeling insecure about their weight, maybe not like share it with your brother and your friend. But I did say it was nice of them to not fat shame and be like, yeah, yeah. I can have a milkshake. I was like, yeah, that's nice. Madison rips the phone away from Lauren and is like, we're bringing you a shake. 
and you're gonna go to the jean barn with us, which sounds like a horrible store. Amy just wants to go home and Lauren is like, we can go buy clothes for the baby. Knowing that Amy is like feeling torn about keeping the baby or not, that is kind of an insensitive comment, but also like- At the same time, I feel like she was really trying and- Again, they haven't talked for so long, so she probably doesn't even know where Amy stands on the baby right now. Um, And immediately she apologizes like a genuine apology. Yeah. Apology. That's good because Lauren is the best friend in this trio. Yeah. Then Amy lies and is like, oh, my dad just got here. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to. Which I'm like, honestly, I don't really want to see more of Lauren and Madison and Jason this episode. So that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I just, I really... The way she acts in this scene where she's so desperate to get home, but she refuses to, like... It's, again, she's not willing to inconvenience herself in any way, shape, or form to get the result that she wants. Because, like, in the next part, too, where Adrian and Grace walk up and they're having a grand old time. Literally, as they're walking up, Adrian is saying, So what if he's my brother? I don't care. He's cute. Just drop the storyline. We don't need to be bombarded with well, messaging that's the, that she's trying to, to fuck her brother We don't need to remember every time. time she's talking about the cute guy that it's her brother. Like... Also, it's not her brother. It's her stepbrother. They've never lived in the same house. They don't know each other. It's not... Again, like we talked last episode, you could have made him literally any other character. He could have been a new kid at the school. But yeah, like they enter the school and Grace invites her to the dairy shack with them. And she's like, no, I just want to go home. But my dad like isn't picking me up. And so (laughs) Grace is like, Adrian, I'll give you a ride home. That's fine. Like, we'll just take you straight home. And Amy is just like, no... Just take the ride from Adrian. That's what I don't understand. And like, also, you'll only take a ride from Adrian if she's taking you to get an abortion that you don't actually get. Yeah. Like, she literally used Adrian for a ride earlier in the series and was fine with it. But once again, I could not believe it's like everyone in this town is like, this girl has to keep the baby. Like, even Grace is like, if you want to keep the baby. So Amy walks away. She's like, no, I'm going to go walk down the hallway and be sad i guess and adrian and grace then have like a little spat between the two of them where grace is like well she could keep the baby if she wanted and adrian is like adrian is the voice of reason in this episode because she keeps being like no she can't do this when you're 15 and like alone like that doesn't work and grace is like well your mom did it alone and adrian was like yeah my mom was fucking older than 15 and she had a job and like she had at least a little support it seems yeah so Grace wants to get her job and Adrian is like, what the fuck? Like you want her to keep Ricky's baby, which that has been the driving force for Adrian to be like pro abortion or pro adoption is that it's Ricky's baby. And there's still unresolved feelings there between Ricky and Adrian. But regardless, she's still right. Yeah, she's right. Then we go very jarringly to Ben wearing the dumbest fucking hat I've I ever literally... seen. Why? Yeah, that's my and first for what? note. <laughs> it's not... Have because you been in a, a butcher shop ever? Nerd. I mean, it is cold, I guess. Kind of, but not to the point where you need to wear like a full-on trapper hat. Mrs. Trunchbull, essentially from Matilda, is it's not the same actress, but I wish it was. Same vibes though. Hot. Mean. She reminded me. You ever see that meme where it's like a picture of someone and they're like, "I know this bitch runs a McDonald's like baby <laughs> ship." <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> honestly true (laughs) she like waves a knife a big cleaver as she's like giving them instructions their job is literally to pack gift baskets like Mm -hmm. it's not that complicated this is how working in food is though someone is always like that and they're like this has been my job for 40 years and if you don't don't do right i'm gonna kill you yeah ben (laughs) gets a call from amy in the middle of it (laughs) 
And she's just like, no. I have a quote, no surfing the web. <laughs> the way that she said it. It's so good. She's like, you don't, she'll still be expecting when you get off of your shift, which, which is like, so funny. Also, like, not necessarily true. She's like eight months pregnant. She could potentially give birth during a shift. That's and that's true. literally like any show where like the main conflict of the episode is that like the wife is going into labor and like the husband is unreachable because his boss won't let him like pick up his phone or something, you know? I really like this character. But she does seem like she would be anti-union and like anti-workers rights, Mm. which is kind of lame. I don't think so. I think she's pro-union potentially. She also lays down the law with Ben and she's like, if you have any problems at work, you do not go to your dad. You come to me or I will literally murder you, which is great. That's cool, actually. She really did that. Then we go to Duncan and Jack also at the Dairy Shack. But of course, they weren't there at the same time as Jason, Madison. and This was an insane conversation and I didn't really know what was going on. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) This solved racism. So in this situation, Jack is trying to do like a gotcha. And he's like, yeah, the police are still looking for the person who stole my car, even though it was returned. And Duncan is like, like, that's entrapment, which that's not how entrapment works. Also weird way to say that you want your mentor kid to be like fucking murdered. Jack is literally like, I will call the cops on you and I will put your life in imminent danger. As someone who like didn't know that Duncan really did it, this whole conversation, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) (laughs) what? Yeah, they do. They just verbally spar for a little while. You know, it's like yeah. really a a mess. I think my game note of is like, why are they talking so fast to each other like this? Like, what is going on? It was like a real back and forth. And then Duncan is like, well, what did the guy who stole your car look like? Uh, and Jack is like, he was tall, he was black. And Duncan is just like, that's profiling. And Jack is like, no, 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 I'm not racist. I'm in love with your sister. Weird to say in love. You have been dating for like two weeks. Duncan is just like. Thomas Jefferson owns. I literally have that, that really capital iconic. letters. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like Duncan is, <laughs> Duncan is speaking the truth, and then Jack is like, "I think you're the one who's prejudiced. I'm colorblind. I don't even yeah. see color." Yeah. And Duncan's like, "Bitch, Duncan- you just said this guy was black." <laughs> He really did burn him. Duncan really had Jack's ass this conversation. Jack literally was like, ooh, you're right. And then he's like, I got caught. Okay, well, I know it was you. And so, like, Jack's punishment for Duncan is to make them now sell legitimate candy bars for disadvantaged youth for, you know, they're going to go door to door and do this together. Which also, according to to every fucking character in the last episode... Duncan didn't lie because they were all so clear to point out that he was a disadvantaged kid. So like him upcharging the things and then keeping the profits, it still went to a quote unquote disadvantaged youth. Well, that's what they say. If you are going to participate in mutual aid, don't give to organizations, give to individuals directly. directly. So true. Wow. Then we go to Donovan and George. George secured the loan for the house. He calls the people who owned oh the house stupid and nincompoops. He and is like, evil. He's, like, he's, he's so bad. Evil. He literally is like, these people are about to lose their home and he's like profiting off of it. Yeah. And um, what's his name? Uh, the homosexual is like, you know these Donovan. people and this is a sad situation wrote, why is the gay conspiring with him yeah yeah well there's a long <laughs> history of gay sidekicks to supervillains. you know yeah, we've got yeah. mr smee to captain hook you know we've yeah. got that man really was a homo huh <laughs> 
Donovan, though, he's like, bro, did you pick up your daughter? Because, like, Amy called. Mm -hmm. And George, instead of calling Amy first, he immediately calls Ashley. Because this is the point in the show where I realized they are married in this family. Like, that is the relationship that they have. I don't like that either. Like, Ashley is fucking 13 years old. Like, she should be a child. But George is relying so much on her. Like, he first calls her. And then he, like, blames her for not reminding him to pick up um amy and he's like oh god she's gonna be upset and <laughs> ashley's like she's almost eight months pregnant of course she's upset like she's always upset which which also i, mean, I liked I, when she was said they still have banks which i was like <laughs> <laughs> i know because that's what george says he guys says he got caught up at the bank and she's like yeah she's like they still had those <laughs> yeah i thought they only had ATM. i was like if yeah. that ain't me george dumbass that he is is he's like well you can't get a loan for a new house at an atm and um oh, yeah. and what's his <laughs> Donovan is like shut the fuck like, up. You realize that your daughter doesn't know that you bought a house and are moving out, right? And then he's like yeah. oh, 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 and then he like hangs up. <laughs> so then George calls Amy and Amy is pissed. Valid. And she she says that she's out with friends which she's not. She's right? not. Like she's or, just at the baby store. No, I, my note is how did she get to where she is? Because she's yeah. at the baby store. Yeah, now. she could. She didn't have the wherewithal to get home, but she had the wherewithal to get to a random baby store. Yeah. And George fucking lies. He's like, oh, you know, there was traffic, and then I almost hit a deer. And she's like, oh, really? Like that's the third time this month you've almost hit a deer. He's like, we gotta do like something about him. that deer population. <laughs> just like. Take responsibility for forgetting to pick up well, your daughter. George is literally addicted or like allergic to taking responsibility. Yeah. He's like so manipulative. So Amy at the baby store, this scene. This actually kind of broke my heart a little bit. Like you're going to say it was stupid, really aren't you? <laughs> it seemed unnecessary. Like I understand. <sighs> I think it was to show that like she really, really, really doesn't want to adopt it. But like they didn't want to just come out and say it. But, like, they wanted to show that she really wants this baby. I mean, I think that's fine. I just think the conversation with the worker was so weird. Like, it was just, like, it was like she was interrogating her. I was like, is she doing this on purpose? Yeah. Like, does yeah. she know that she's not keeping the baby? Because <laughs> the worker comes up and she's like, hey, sorry, I didn't personally welcome you into the store and, like, greet you with an open mouth kiss, essentially. Okay. She was like, I, I will say it looks like a high-end baby store and there are patrons of high-end baby stores that would be angry. Amy lied. <sighs> like, she's just like playing pretend of what she wants to be happening where like she's yeah. happily married and she's keeping the baby and like she's so grateful to be told she looks so young because ugh. she had a baby shower where she got so many onesies oh and she goodness. has a minivan that's piled with baby stuff and she has a husband and they haven't picked a name yet they're waiting to meet her ba- like the baby before they pick a name it was really sad it made me really emotional in a way i wasn't prepared for from the secret life of the american teenager starring shailene woodley <laughs> it was yeah it was genuinely said all of the conversations she has with her parents about the baby are just like big decision conversations and they never sit down and are like well what do you want like what it's you know it's Anne pushing her towards adoption and george pushing her towards keeping the baby without ever once asking what she actually wants to do they both just kind of force their own options on her yeah no but this seems like the whole show is about which i'm like yeah it's just amy getting pulled in 15 different directions yeah i would be snapping on people i would be like which, she has straight up spent like 70% of this television program crying. <laughs> crying. So. Yeah. And the other 30% biting her lip. Yes. Hot. I did. I did write a note about her lip bite. Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's a nice that's signature like... look. But the woman, she seems really sweet and she like buys Amy 
the baby that outfit. That was actually Which so I do nice. have to say, yeah. that baby outfit is not it's for It's huge. <laughs> that baby oh, no. outfit that was is for a 12 to 18 month yeah. old. The last note I have on Amy at the at the thing is that she says her name is Lauren Madison. So, I know. so unnaturally. She has to think about it. Yeah. That's not her name. Like that woman. Also, she, knows. she could just say that her name is Amy Jurgens. She's never going to see this lady again. I know. But actually she is because the lady makes her promise that she'll bring the little guy back in when he can wear those little overalls. Well, yeah. I was like, is this the only baby store in town? Like, just don't come I back guess. here. Yeah. <laughs> also, like... So. That lady works with baby's clothing. She has to know that if that lady, if Amy is coming back, it's not going to be for another like eight to ten months. Um, we go back to work oh. with Ricky and Ben. Ben sucks at his job. Like he I, that's is my so note slow. Is ben sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. Like he's writing out all. He's like, oh, you well, well, Ricky, you may have gotten all of your work done and it looks fine, but mine looks perfect actually. And yeah. like I've been registering and like charging them. And Ricky's like. You dumb bitch. We just need this stuff to get ready and get out. The shipping label's already on the back, and they've already been pre-charged. That's why we're making these orders. Are you kidding me? I was like, Ricky is working class king. No. Yes. You can just tell that like yes. Ricky has ever struggled for anything in his life, and Ben is just yeah. like used to having everything done for him. Mm-hmm. But then we get a really nice scene with um, my butcher Mrs. queen. Trunchbull. Yeah. Yes. Because she's like, oh, you want to come learn how to, like, slice meat or whatever? Like, and Ricky's like, yeah. Also, I loved that she was, like, Bobby's real loyal to his employees. I keep calling him Bobby because that's what he is in The Sopranos. <laughs> Leo. And Leo. And I was like, he's just Bobby from The Sopranos. Like, to me, that was, like, implying yeah. that, like, you know, how the mom yeah, was loyal to yeah. everyone. I was, I think they're really leaning into that. Again, I had no idea about The Sopranos connection. I really picked up on... Yeah, I started working here around the same age as you. I brought in my own cow. I was I like, know, From a 4-H project. Which, God, that's dark. Unhinged. Terrifying. Ben comes up and he's like, I want to learn how to slice meat too. And she's like, are your orders done? Go back and do your orders, peasant. Yep. So then Ricky and her have a talk and she, he finds out that like, you don't have to go to college to get a good job. I thought this was a good message because like, you don't have to go to college to get a good job. Yes. Like, oh, my school had so many people who just like, wouldn't have excelled in college like trying to go to college and then they spent a bunch of money on one semester and then dropped out and took a job that didn't need college because that was better for them and like more suited to their skills. And like, I really wish for their sake that like they would have pushed that you don't need college for a good job because they wasted so much money. Yes. Also, some people will exploit you, but we know that Leo slash Bobby is good to his employees. She drives a Mercedes Benz. Like I know. Then. And then Ricky, like, does some self-reflection. He's like, I'm going to go help Ben because that's what I need to do. He, like, extends an olive branch. They start a workers' and... union. It's really good. <laughs> but it is, like, a sweet olive branch. They're both on the same page that, like, they don't want Amy to give up the baby. Whatever. Then we go back to um, Ann and David. This where... was unhinged. <laughs> this was so I bad. physically so... unwell watching this scene. <laughs> And just like marches back in and he's like, did you forget something? Do you want to speak out for animal rights or something? And she's like, well, I can't speak out for animal rights because I eat meat and like, I don't have any animals. And blah, but you blah. know who does but have I do animals? Have gay friends. My gay yeah, friends. Yeah, I love that she was like, my gay friends do have a lot of animals. And I was like, honestly, they are correct. That was a true stereotype. And it's like, I love everyone equally. 
I read into you flirting with me when I shouldn't. I just said, this is so painful. And then he says the line where he's like, I am deeply heterosexual. And unfortunately I've heard every word you said. And she just like walks out of the office. And then she comes back in. She's like, rewind. We're starting over. Hi, I'm Ann Jurgens. Reaches out her hand for a handshake. And he comes up and kisses <gasps> her on the lips. Unhinged. Unhinged. <laughs> insane behavior. From both parties. From both. <laughs> insane. I could not believe it. All my notes are in caps for this scene. Because I thought she was just going to walk away. No, and but... I thought so too. I was like, this is the right choice. She should not be working here. She doesn't know what she's yeah. talking about. Well, um, yeah, and she ruined it by being fucking weird. Well, that's the thing. Because like, also, all the things that George told her to get to her were things that like shouldn't impact how you talk to a person. Exactly. Yeah, it was so weird. I mean, I guess because she thought he was flirting with her before. But it's like, yeah. if you're trying to get a job, just be normal anyway. You didn't watch the last episode, but I didn't even read that he was flirting with her in the last episode. I thought he was just offering her a job. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is so weird. No. I mean, I guess that's how, like, straight people... Straight people flirt. are so violent <laughs> in their jobs. words and actions. <laughs> <laughs> they have to be stopped. When he just kissed her, I was like, oh. I-, I almost started it off. I was like, I don't know what... I just feel like this show was, like, consent. We don't need that. Yes, it was 2008, which famously, um, consent was... Somewhere dead in a ditch. We've managed to revive it partially now. So are we moving on to Ashley and George at the Jurgens household? I think we have to, or my head will actually explode if I think about Anne Jurgens. Okay. So we go back to the Jurgens household after David uncomfortably kisses Anne. And um, it's just Ashley and George like watching that horrible video that Ben took. Where we can again see how uncomfortable Ann Jurgens feels to be in the frame that entire time. <laughs> and it's just so, ugh, it's so bad. But Ben had taken this video at the OBGYN when they found out it was going to be a boy. And Ashley found this in, found the video in Amy's jewelry box. So naturally she watches it with her father in the living room. Maybe watch that privately. Like, well, also whatever. just like maybe. So, don't fucking don't. watch it like yeah like, like i mean in the past they literally have read her diary george and ashley's bonding is destroying amy's privacy yeah they have absolutely no boundaries george is like who made it and ashley's like who do you think ben duh they're like well where were we and ashley's like this is the day i got a job as a waitress to try to help amy keep her baby and I, this is where I wrote, why are Ashley and George the married couple in the house? It's so weird. Amy comes up and sees them watching the video. She's in the background and Ashley pauses it and she makes fun of Amy. And I wrote down what she said because it is so It's horrible. the meanest it's thing horrible. I've ever heard. I was so I'm upset. Read it. I hated Ashley so much. Anything I ever said positive about her, I take back. I think she's <laughs> awful. Get her in therapy, first of all. Second of all, so this is what she says because Amy is like, I love you so much, but I wanted you to have a better life or whatever in the video. And Ashley pauses it and she goes, I love you so much, but I gave you away because I didn't want to miss prom or homecoming or high school graduation or all of those fun times with my two BFFs. And besides, I met a rich guy after I got pregnant and I think he really, really likes me. And I didn't want you to mess that up, little baby. That was 
insane. George should have shut that down this well, second. Well, he does. He should not have let her get that far. No, no, no. I understand. But he does. He's like, knock it off. You know, this is really hard for Amy. And I was like, okay, George, too little, too late. But at least you made a little bit of effort. And then Amy is in the background. And she's like, it is really hard for me. You guys are bitches. Fuck you. I'm going to go set all of your shit on fire. Yes. Which is what I would have done. So. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then the next shot, um, the house is in flames. <laughs> Um, she has she has Show inexplicably she has set little fires everywhere, and <laughs> she's gonna tell some big little lies yeah. about it. So then we go to George and Ashley in the kitchen, and George is like, "You need to go make things right with Amy. Like you fucked up really bad, so like you need to go." And Ashley's show. like, "I, I actually didn't so do anything much. wrong. Like she's the one who got pregnant." Which like he's kind of being a dad for once, and they've like. But it doesn't it doesn't stick for long because no. Anne calls George, so he's like, "Go make things right with Amy," and he like picks up the phone, and um, Anne is like, mm, "I didn't get the job," and George goes, "What?" But gay men love you. They're both manipulative to each other. Yeah. Where Anne is like, I know that you forgot to pick up Amy. I know that Ashley said this horrible shit to Amy. Like, I know all this shit happened. And he manipulates her, like, right back because Ashley comes in and is like, don't say anything. Amy already called her. And also, she got the job. So, George knows that she's lying. Also, if I'm Amy, I'm not saying a fucking word to Ashley, let alone in that short amount of time, revealing that I've called mother... And she got a job. Yeah, I don't know how she got that out of her. George is like, I forgot to pick up Amy. They're mad at each other. They're fighting. I forgot to pick the girls up. I had a doctor's appointment and they fought. So like, I'm going to bring them to the weenie stand because he knows that Anna's lying and she's not going to the weenie stand. And she, she's like, you're better with them, blah, blah, blah. You majored in this stuff. Women's studies. I know. I wrote that down. Is a good callback to her women's studies major. So then he says that he was at the doctor and it's really serious and he's manipulating her. He says that he has Petula problems. Which, why does she, why did she believe that? She's very stupid. Like literally just say like heart problems if you're going to lie about something serious. He kind of ends the call by being like, I should have been in that video when you found out the sex of the baby, blah, blah, blah. And then he hangs up on her and he says, geez, she's turning into the man and I'm turning into the woman. I was like, I what wish. does that even mean? <laughs> I was like, what so, does he mean by that in this situation? We love general This, in my notes, is where I just have written in all caps, I am tired. Let's get to the next thing, because this was probably the craziest part. Ashley and Amy are in Amy's bedroom, and they are practicing social distancing. You cannot see them within six feet of each <laughs> Amy other. They... Like, they open the scene, and Amy is like clearly pacing, like circling her like she's like prey. It's like, yeah. acting is insane. But anyway. <laughs> George comes in. And he's like, you know, like, you guys need to make up, whatever. And Amy's like, you guys are making fun of me. I'm 15 and I'm having a baby. How could you? You're my father. And George literally is just like, hey, we mock people. It's a thing we do. Like, you can't take it personally. Shit. Shit response. That's gaslighting. Well, that's the thing. Like, if someone takes offense from something you said... Your defense shouldn't be, oh, we make fun of everyone, so actually kidding. you're you're yeah. you're not special. You yeah. shouldn't be offended because we're assholes all the time. So <laughs> yeah. you actually have the problem here. I do have Ashley is such a bitch in this scene because she says like a couple lines where she's like, You care more you care enough about the baby to care for him before he's born, but not after fucked up amy's like very upset like reasonably so because she's like i'm obviously torn about this guys i'm trying to do what's best for this baby like i cannot be a mother i'm fucking 15 yeah and she's like i would love to have this baby but like i can't do this alone which is valid because again up to this point literally no one has offered any sort of yeah like actual help to her yeah 
But then Ashley's like, well, what if we all helped out? What if like mom and dad and me and your friends helped out and, and Ben and Ricky's family and friends helped out. And Amy is like, it's not a weird group project, which I was like, okay, like, damn, didn't know you hated community care. Like, <laughs> I was just stuck on the fact that Ashley is just like clearly reading from the script and like speaking in this <laughs> weird robot voice to the point that I was like, is is something like bad about to happen? Like, is she possessed now? This was yeah, a was demon insane. telling her. See, we thought it she was, was so a good scary. actor because up to this point, she's only had to be bitter and sarcastic. And now when she's yeah. asked to show a single other emotion. She was literally like, you should keep it, Amy. Think about, you could play your French horn. Think about it. And I was like. She says like, band isn't the thing that's important to you. Music yeah. is. And you can still do I thought music. that was cool. School isn't what is important for you. Education is. And like, you'll get your education. Yeah. And I said, Ashley believes in her, but what a fucking bitch. <laughs> also, she's so selfish yes. because the whole thing is she wants like this relationship with her nephew. And it's like pure selfishness in every sense of the word. And like, and especially on George's part, because he has revealed that like he has enough money that they could live comfortably and take care of the baby. But he's hiding it well, from the whole family. I know. And he literally reveals this at the end where he's like, oh, wait, 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 really quickly. I have this really good thing. That Ashley says before we get there. It says, come on, Amy. So Mimsy has Alzheimer's and mom and dad are getting divorced and the family is splitting up and you got pregnant the first time you had sex. So what? What if it's all good? And even if it's not good, we just pretend it's good, which is like, that's not how things work. No. And Amy is so moved by this. this. And then her dad literally is just like, yeah, honestly, you can keep the baby if you want. Like, it's no big deal. Like, this has not been the central conflict for the past half season. Yeah. And literally, he's the reason that they think they have money issues because no one thought they had money issues until he said they had money issues, which they actually didn't. He was lying about it. It's so weird that they played as a joke. And I'm like, this is literally domestic abuse. <laughs> it's yes. so sinister. We go to Anna and David for this like closing scene between the two of them. I would like to kill David, but they're having wine on the couch in the office. This interview has lasted 12 hours at this point. It is very unprofessional. David leans in to whisper how much money they could pay Anne. And she thinks that he's leaning in to kiss her. And so she kisses him again. And then he's like, I was trying to fucking whisper to you, you bitch. It's it's unhinged. Also, they're the only two people in this office. They do not need to be whispering. (laughs) I know. He tells her to start a consultation firm, like start a new business in a recession. That's a great time. In a recession. (laughs) The recession is not acknowledged in this show. And she has literally no experience. So. Okay. So she's like, I can't keep doing these interviews. And he says, why? You're so good at them. She goes, that's a joke, right? And he's like, uh, yeah, that's a joke. Like, do you remember the first time we met? The dialogue is insane. (laughs) It literally makes no sense. So then he's like, you're ready to start your own business and your own life. And she's like, I mean, maybe, but not right now. Like, I got to go home. My two teenage girls are fighting. And he's like, you know what? Just let them fight it out. Like, they're going to be sisters forever. They're going to be fighting forever. It's like, oh, really? How many children do you have, David? Shut the fuck up about this. He's also like, also, I will never talk to you the way that your husband talks to you. That was nice. That was actually, I think Anne needs to realize that the way George talks to her is not normal and is deeply unhealthy and that that's not, like, people are actually good sometimes. I mean, fair, but also like... No, weird as hell for him to say it during an interview where they're definitely fucking after. Yeah. Yeah, that was on my notes too. I was like, they're about to fuck. (laughs) 
Yeah, honestly. Because then he, like, convinces her. He's like, instead of going home and, like, dealing with your daughter who's literally in crisis, why don't you go out to dinner with me? Why don't you go out to dinner with me? Okay, now we get to the scene where fucking everyone shows up to the Jericho household. So I don't know if I missed something, but this is insane. (laughs) So Amy is in her bedroom, and she's holding holding the overalls up to her stomach. And I'm like, baby, those are not going to fit your baby until, like, a year from now. So then... George comes in and he's like, there are people here to see you. That stupid cheerleader, wife number one's kid. It's like, that's literally your ex-wife's kid's name. Like, you could learn that her name is Grace. Rude to call her stupid. Like, again, they divorced like 20 years ago. You've since been remarried and had two lovely children and you're still angry. He's incredibly toxic. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) Um, Jack and Grace want to like are at the door and they're like, can we come in? And, or Amy asks if they want to come in and they're like, is it okay if we do? And she's like, yeah, doorbell rings. It's fucking Adrian who literally is only there because she saw Grace and Jack. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, is this real? I thought that, I thought that Grace had been like, oh, you need to come here. But apparently she really just saw them. She had no reason to be there. It's so funny. she, She literally comes in and she's like. I'm literally only here because I saw you guys at a red light and I turned around to follow you. And then she turns and she's like, oh, hey, Amy. Like, that's an afterthought. Like, you're in Amy's home. So now we are in the room so- with, I do need to point this out, three teenage girls who George Jurgen has fucked their mother. Yes. He has had sex with That's something you might not have picked up on, Gabby, but... Uh- <laughs> that is not, but now that you say it... <laughs> I see it. The sisterhood is strong. Also, Ricky has made out with all of those girls, right? At least. Yeah. He slept with two sex. of them and made out with the other one. I honestly didn't know that there was so much fucking in this show. I yeah. thought that the show was about Amy has sex once and everyone's like, oh. And then the whole rest of the show is like about dealing with that. It kind That's of is, but there's like a surprise. horny subplots. It's one of the horniest yes. shows I've ever seen in my life. It is. Um, Ben and Ricky come in and Amy kisses Ben and is like, hey, Ricky. And Amy literally looks at Ricky and Ben and she's like, I don't know why they're here. Like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And (laughs) And Ricky says to Grace, are you dating him now? Talking about Jack. And Jack is like, no, I have a girlfriend. Grace and I are just friends. And Adrian's like, yeah, whatever. And then Ricky says to Adrian, why are you here? And Adrian says to Ricky, why are you here? All valid questions. Why is anybody here? Yeah, that's because then Amy is like, why are any of you here? You need to tell me. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Grace and Jack are going to offer Amy a job. And Ricky and Ben are like, we both got jobs and we're going to make it work so she can keep the baby if she wants to and she doesn't have to work. Adrian is just like, you know you want to keep the baby. Who wouldn't want to keep Ricky's baby? I was like, didn't you just say earlier that you didn't want her to? <laughs> yeah. This is Adrian's moment of finally being like, oh, I guess I'll do the right thing. Yeah, the writers were like, we need everyone to pressure her to keep the everyone baby. Everyone needs so. to be on board or the whole scene falls apart. Exactly. Which, again, they could have solved that by literally not having adrian come (laughs) so then grace offers amy a job at the daycare center at jack's dad's church her work would pay for like the baby's care when she was at school and then she could teach music for money and jack's dad thinks that it's ethically responsible to offer every employee insurance which it fucking is it is and i was like okay okay good job at hearing that (laughs) 
Grace is like, we'll all babysit for you, like, if you need that. And then Adrian is like, well, what the fuck yeah. am I doing? And Grace is like, Adrian is going to throw you a baby shower at her house next and week. Then, and Madison bursts in and literally is like, no! Yes, the secondary characters arrive. <laughs> yes. If she's going to have a baby shower, we're going to give you a baby shower. Insane. Jason, like, kind of acknowledges that it is wild that he just that they just walked in and he's like, well, we saw everyone else, so we just came in, too. What, were they just driving around? I was so confused by this. I thought it was a joke and someone was going to, like, drop the punchline, and they just didn't. That was just what the writers decided. Because then Alice and Henry burst in, too. Why are they there? They serve no purpose. They didn't need to be there. They serve nothing. They did nothing, and we know they will continue to do nothing. I can almost mm-hmm. guarantee it. I don't remember. Alice says, hi, lovely home. And then I think Henry asks if they're going to keep the baby or something. We just kind of like don't get a response to that. Amy like bites her stupid lip. Yeah. Then we go and it's like a little bit later and Anne comes home and Amy's reading like a baby book on the couch. And Anne's like, you're up late. You're out late. Yes, I just got dicked down and it was wonderful. (laughs) I know. She definitely did. And good for her. They have a conversation and Anna's like, I know you want to keep the baby like... I like I I know that's what you want and then Amy's very emotional and she's like I think I can do it will you let me do it like I got a job Ben and Ricky got jobs all this good stuff happened I have insurance and Anna's like yeah you can keep the baby and I'll help she did make it clear that she would help but she wasn't gonna do everything right which I which think is, is reasonable fair. yeah Amy is like I know that I could be a good mom because I have the best mom in the world debatable your mother just missed a huge fight and like comforting you because she wanted to get fucked so bad can you blame her (laughs) with that guy actually yes I can blame her I know he really is yeah he's ugly I'm sorry I'm sorry to this man that Ashley and George are spying on Anne and Amy Ashley's like, well, she didn't mention you or me being like a significant reason for why she's keeping the baby. And George is just like, par for the course. And they say, we We did did it. it. We did it, Joe. Amy's going to be a mother. So weird. It never stopped being weird to me how much every single person in the show wanted Amy to keep the baby. I was like, if people at my fucking school were telling me to keep my baby, I'd be getting a fistfight. It's pregnant. I would be like, y'all better get the fuck out of my uterus. The show was weird to me to watch because like coming from like, I knew a lot of people who had babies in high school and it was just like, I don't know. It just like kept it moving. It just like wasn't this whole like big like mm-hmm. <laughs> shebang that the whole town was involved in. <laughs> so I was just like, I don't know. I guess that's like, I remember watching the previews like on ABC Family and my reaction was just like, Girl, either shit or get off the pot. Get an abortion or keep the baby. Move on. Like, what is this show about? So true. Those are my thoughts. We did it, Joes. We did it. We We got through this episode (laughs) that was a behemoth. Do we do a debrief after the episode or is that it? Yeah, we can debrief. We can. You can also have some space to talk about how fat phobia and purity culture are linked. If you want to talk about that at all. Well, this is my first time ever watching this show. Really? Um, yeah, I never watched it before in my life. But the the previews are burned into my mind because they really pushed this show. Yeah, they did. So I personally was not interested in watching it. I like I don't know if I would have been allowed to if I wanted to. Yeah. I yeah. Didn't want to. 
it is kind of like cathartic to finally watch an episode to see what the fuck was going on and it's insanity it's absolute insanity yes i think i i don't remember wanting to watch it because i think if i did i would have figured it out because at the same time jersey shore was coming out and i was not allowed to watch that show and i definitely did so i think that i would have figured it out i definitely was not self-censoring but i think i was like because i remember the previews would come on and my parents would always like scoff at it and they'd be like oh well, if she want to get pregnant, she shouldn't have had sex next. And like me and like so we were just true. like always like it's I know so <laughs> true, bestie. <laughs> like I would just be like, yeah, she shouldn't have had sex. Meanwhile, I was like fourteen, so yeah. like that was definitely like a weird part of it. Like my parents were very like blamey about it, yeah. and I think I was like, yeah, that show's dumb, which it is dumb. It is dumb, but, but not for the reasons is. we thought. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, interesting, chaotic show. I don't think I can watch another episode. <laughs> <laughs> that hurt my brain yeah. yeah it is and now that you said that we will invite you back to do another one so <laughs> i mean if you invite me back <laughs> i will come back because this was fun um, and i like to hear myself talk anyway those are my thoughts i don't i mean i could talk about fatness and purity culture if you want um it's not exactly related but my experience with it was weird because i feel like i felt like i was excluded from it almost Mm. By being fat, because it was, like, a lot of, like, oh, you're so attractive, you're going to cause men to stumble. But because I was fat, it was, like, you won't. (laughs) Don't worry about it. (laughs) And uh, so that was kind of the message that I got was, like, I just felt very invisible a lot of the time because I didn't feel like I was tempting anyone. But, yeah, so that's just kind of weird. I mean, obviously, I did get the message to, like, don't have sex until you're married. And I was, like, on, like... I was okay with it. Like, it was never like, oh, man, I can't believe it. Like, I was never really, like, tempted to. <laughs> made it worse because, like, I feel like it was very normal to, like, be thin to the point that you, like, had an eating disorder at Grove City. And so, like, mm-hmm. I, for the for the people who cannot see me, I mean, I'm voluptuous, I but I'm, like, a size 18, which is, like, a little bit more than average. Like, I definitely consider myself fat. We love fat people. Oh, yeah. But I felt like I was, like, literally the biggest person in the whole world when I was at Grove City just because like everyone else was so small yeah because it's like the same thing like don't give in to like temptations of the flesh or whatever and it's literally like temptations of the flesh is like eating the amount of food your body needs yeah that was another thing I was gonna say is like being fat purity culture is like we talk about it with like sexuality but it kind of like expands to like everything you put in your body. And so it's like, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, don't even get tattoos. Yeah. And also like, don't eat too much. Cause like, then you're not like taking care of your body the way that you need to. It's like very weird. The fact that in a mandatory class that we all had to take, there was a project where we all had to track every single calorie that we consumed across a week. Unhinged. That was ridiculous. I have never felt so bad about myself. And like, mm. it really, it, I wrote that on, like, the evaluations of the class. Like, I think it's fucking ridiculous that you people make... Like, you admit at the beginning of this project that a lot of people have said it made them, like, either develop an eating disorder or, like, relapse into their eating disorder. And then you just did it anyway. And I think that's disgusting. Like, that made... I hated this lesson because I was, like... I used to use, like, my fitness pal when I was in high school. Like, so literally for every single meal, I just put calories from the Taco Bell website. And I was, like... I ate Taco Bell for every meal for this entire week, which is a lie. I just didn't want to do the work, but yeah. it's interesting that you felt that way, Jesse, because as someone who was like like raised as a girl and like was fat, like I have been dieting for as long as I can like remember. And so like to me counting calories 
like was very normal. Like at the time, I didn't even like think it was fucked up because I was like, yeah, I like already do. Yeah. This. Also, that class was so fucked up too because they literally separated us girls and boys like even for the lectures yes. right so and weird and they did what? not let us te- they did not teach us the sex books. they made us like, get specialized <laughs> textbooks yes. that had the sex section omitted yes. it's bad it was bad and like the classes we had to take i was like oh. i got put in that circuit training one and i was like i literally can't do this like oh my I was, god like, the I fucking pull-ups up. oh that was funny i was at least in the point where i was like i accept that i'm fat i can't do this i literally got up just touched the bar and was like, I can't do it. And the lady just like looked at me so angry. And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Like, this is so fucking stupid. (laughs) It also was just like a horrible environment. Like if you got caught having sex too, like you could literally get expelled. Yeah. Cause they trained us to do that as our race. And I was like, I am never going to break up people having sex. And I was like, bitch, I'm having sex in my room next door. Like I'm not, your rule is literally like so fucked up because it, like does not even account for queer people I know because I am queer and I am having sex like almost every oh, okay, day brag. bitch um, like <laughs> I know way to brag way to make me feel like shit for not figuring Meanwhile, out the loopholes yeah <laughs> I just think it's also wild that our college not only like blocked I mean blocked pornography sites oh whatever, my goodness like, it's so hard to use your data <laughs> I uh, yeah I know also blocked the website archive of our <gasps> own yes i remember that that is I an act of that. aggression that's fucked up which was you know when i would read archive of our own sitting in a pew during chapel <laughs> and i was like i cannot read it now because you blocked it so then i had to use my data but i only had three gigs of data a month oh, my mom no. was like you're blowing through data what are you doing and i was like reading really bad like smut <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> on that note, we should probably say goodbye. Yeah. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being yeah, here. Thanks for coming on. We're so grateful for Gabby. You can follow us yes. on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at your two gay friends. They're linked in the description. You can follow Jesse at GoJesse2K20. You can follow Aaron at, at GlutenMonster, also linked in the description. Oh, you can send us an email at SL with Jesse and Aaron at gmail.com you can leave us a review on apple Podcasts. That yes helps we, a lot. Be- we are literally begging you to leave a review like that would be so nice of you we hope you have a great day we're so thankful to gabby yes. and we hope you enjoyed this episode thanks bye bye, bye. yeah i truly blocked out so much of that trip <laughs> also the person who was like making breakfast every, mo- every morning like had so much lighter fluid in our pancakes that i might have just been like <laughs> dead or on fumes. oh my god i remember something a bug fell from the tree into our eggs and i had a full-blown meltdown and i do you remember was he a your id yeah he was my id First of all, i wanted to fuck this shit out of no, I mean, understandable. There. Um, I um will not comment. <laughs> <laughs> I was so down bad. I was down horrible. Oh my god. But I mean, I he was anyway. like caught in a non-threatening way, which was great. Yeah, exactly. We love him, but he was there and he was brand new RA, and I was like RD, and something fell in our eggs, and I was like, I will kill everybody here. <laughs> like I just fully lost my mind. Um. When I think of you and Steve being on staff together, I always think of that part of Glee in the first season. Jesse St. James joins the McKinley Glee Club and he's standing next to Mr. Shu and Brittany raises her hand and goes, Mr. Shu, is that your son? <laughs> <laughs> Shut <laughs> up.
definitely had like similar vibes.